Thank you for listening to In Tech Today. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite podcast app, but only after you've listened to this week's episode. Tech news and views. Recorded live in London. In Tech Today. Oh yeah, in this episode we look at the bold new era of cheap technology. We look at where biometrics is going. And uh, we get this week's question from our in-house technology dinosaur. As always, we're recording this live on Facebook, so do join us every week at facebook.com slash Podcast. Or all of us, all two of us are on Twitter, uh, at Pod for the podcast. I'm at J-W-O-O-O-T, and he's at SwiftyNZ. And this is Intech Today for the 2nd of February 2017. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, we've been watching a few videos uh, yeah. before the recording yeah. of this. What was his name again? Uh, well, if, if we have anyone Australian listening, uh, which is, uh, there is a chance. Hello, uh, Because, Australia. by the way, across all platforms, we're over 200 listeners now, which oh, is fantastic. very exciting for Triple something. figures. Yeah. Huge. It's huge. It's huge. Um, but if anyone who's in Australia and listens or has ever listened to the radio in Australia, yes, Martin, correct. Martin has just commented Frank Walker. There we go. Frank Walker National Tar. Hello. Uh, that's what we have been doing recently <laughs> we, we get up to a, a little bit of a little bit of fun before the podcast while we're frantically writing our scripts as frantically well. yeah we should put more time into this we probably should but uh thank you for joining us um, thank you as as we do say you know do get in touch with us on twitter in tech today pod or on facebook.com slash in tech today podcast uh, we would love to hear from you and hear your questions and feedback yep we are reading all live comments on the facebook stream today uh on this tiny screen here uh, um, i i, I should we just get into it so I can finally ask you what that tiny screen all right. is? All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Now, my first comment is jo- consumer technology. Josh, what is that there? That's a phone, Ed. That's a phone. What I was going to say is consumer technology is overwhelming. It's true. It's true. And it's overwhelmingly expensive. Would you agree? I, I would agree. As there- someone with limited funds? You know, it, it does take a few bit, a bit of saving to buy the latest phone. Yeah. So every year, as we've seen, tech companies are trying to convince us that their technology is best technology. It's the best new technology. Um, and that we absolutely must have it. So since the iPhone, in fact, go, go back further than that, since Windows 95 or even before that. What's Windows 95? No, do you not remember that? I started my life on Windows oh, 3.1. Oh, I, I, we had Windows for work groups back yeah. then. That was, that was the boss. That was, before the, um, that was before the idea of the desktop existed. It was just Windows <laughs> on top of a blank color. What, it was just a window in the wall? Basically, oh. yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so no, so, so since forever, since digital technology became a thing, since, you know, binary code, etc., uh, tech phones have been telling us that if we want to be cool, or if we want to get things done efficiently, or if we just generally want to live in this modern world without um, dying, mm. for, for want of a better <laughs> word, we must have the absolute latest device. But that's becoming exceedingly, exceedingly expensive and overwhelming um i mean 10 years ago smartphones were only just becoming a thing i mean this year would be the 10th anniversary of the first iphone mm. um and laptops were big 
noisy, heavy plastic hunks. Well, Even more so than are. this. Some of them still are. This one's pretty heavy it's and quite, pretty massive. Uh, yeah, but compare that to what you would have got 10 years ago. That is true. You know, they were huge bricks. And then 10 years before that, even worse. There was a great photo I saw of someone loading up the first 32 megabyte hard drive onto a plane and wow. it, it had to go in the luggage hold. It was like a massive box. 32 megabytes. 32 megabytes. And now think what we've got in our hands yeah. every day. Yeah. Well, I, I still remember one of our last desktop computers at home before we moved to laptops uh, had a massive of six gigabyte hard drive oh, yeah oh a meaty Huge. six gigs so but back then you could spend a couple of hundred pounds on a decent phone and you could expect it to last a few years yeah uh, or you could spend a few hundred on a good laptop and quite reasonably anticipate th- uh, that to last five years at least and for it to be repairable and and for it to just generally be good quality but then along came the smartphone and that changed everything for the worse in some respects you know it's the glass and plastic rectangle that we all rely on so much these days um in the beginning they were exorbitantly expensive mm. obviously a brand new thing well, only, a, yeah. as all new technology is you yeah. know the first 3d tvs were massively yep. expensive the first flat screen tvs you yep. know would cost you several thousand pounds the first motorola brick phone uh i remember my dad telling me that that cost him several thousand or cost his company several thousand dollars wow uh, in the 80s yeah. Imagine how much that would cost now. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, so, but the smartphone came along. It was exceedingly expensive. Um, and so to widen the market, just a couple of years after the iPhone came out, Android manufacturers started pushing cheaper smartphones. Mm-hmm. They were rubbish. Yeah. Uh, small, plasticky. The guts of them were terrible, i.e. the processors, the graphics, processing units, uh, the memory. Awful terrible but still you could get a brand new android smartphone for under 200 pounds but it sucked mm. it really really did i'm sure we've all either had experience with a terrible terrible android smartphone you're looking at me very uh suspectly uh, is, yeah. that, is that your existing phone that, that may be my existing phone. <laughs> it's doing well at the moment it's still it's still yeah. running yeah but now we're in 2017 uh, we're more than a month into 2017, by the oh, way. What have went, you achieved? That went quickly. Um, <laughs> but the the new category that's sort of been up and coming for the last couple of years is the premium budget or value flagship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are phones which are really quite cheap, not super cheap, not your £30 terrible piece of plastic that, you know, it still costs you a bit of money, but um, they are quite cheap and they promise pretty much everything or almost everything that the big brand phones do. So let's do a comparison. Okay. The flagship Android phone on the market at the moment uh, is the Google Pixel, and it is quite a good phone. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually used one in day-to-day life, but I've used a few demonstration models of it, um, read the reviews. It looks like quite a good phone, but it's £599.95. That's quite a lot of money. It's a lot of money to to just put out there. And and that's for the most basic model as well. Yeah, that's That's the Pixel. That's just a 32 gigabyte Pixel. You can pay more for more storage, obviously. Yes, for more storage or a larger screen mm. with the Pixel XL. But so this, for, for your £600 uh, and 5P change, you get a 5-inch full HD touch screen. Uh, so decent size. Yeah. A 1.6 gigahertz quad-core processor. Pretty fast. So what that means, quad-core is it has four, it's essentially four processors on one chip. And each of those processors is 1.6 gigahertz. Mm. So... It's like putting... Um, 
instead of having one sausage factory trying to produce sausages, you've got yeah. four of them running simultaneously. Yeah, for, yeah, multiple production lines so that it can uh, basically multitask faster. So having more than one core is it's essential today, but it, it, it helps with speed. So a quad-core 1.6 gigahertz processor is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, 32 gigabytes of internal storage, which is enough for most people, yeah. but it's not the maximum you can get. Yeah. Uh, four gigabytes of RAM, which is the memory. That's not your storage. Yeah, uh, a lot of people confuse memory and storage, <laughs> and wonder why you're only getting four gigabytes yeah. of uh, RAM. There. So what RAM is is uh, if you sort of think about um, well, what's a good analogy for this? Um, it's uh, basically it's kind of hard to describe, it is, isn't it? <laughs> it is. So let's say you're playing a game on your phone. Yeah, and uh, it's quite an in- games are quite intensive graphically. If I'm thinking of sort of those 3D moving, perhaps ra- a racing game. Mm. Um, and what the RAM or the memory is, is if you've got four gigabytes of RAM, that is four gigabytes of essentially rolling storage mm-hmm. so that the phone can think about things as it goes along. It's the size of the brain, temporary storage but, in a way. Which is why the other name for it is memory. It's yes. effectively like four gigabytes of memory. So, yeah. you know, so you've got that, that yeah. stuff there easily accessible rather than having to yeah. go search throughout the phone. for Yeah. And more more RAM means a quicker phone because it can access things in its memory or preload things or temporarily store things, uh, more things mm. and bigger things. So four gigabytes of RAM is actually quite good for a smartphone. Mm. That's a lot of RAM. Uh, it's got a 12.3 megapixel rear camera, again, pretty good, and an eight megapixel front or selfie camera. Um, that's that's quite good that's too. That's not too bad. Um, for those who love their selfies. Yeah. Okay, us. And it was announced to massive fanfare huge fanfare at a live streamed google event late last year yeah um people around the world watched it big applauses big drum rolls as you expect at these massive events both google and apple do these um and now this my friend yeah i'm gonna pick it up from its stand temporarily and try not to break it now what i do with the stand um, so this, and there we are live on the screen. This is the Bush E4X. Okay. Now, I, I'm going to be honest. Bush is not a phone brand. No. Well, they have existed for almost 100 years making radios, but they've been a phone brand for about 10 years now. But specifically with this phone, this costs £199.95. So what, a third of the cost? Yeah. So for the cost of, the of one Pixel. Google Pixel, you get three of these. Because everyone needs three three Bush phones. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it has a 5.5-inch full HD touchscreen, which is the size of the Pixel XL, I believe, or the XL might be slightly bigger than that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's, it's, it's bigger a big than screen. your standard Pixel. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good big size screen and full HD. So you've got... It's clear, basically. Yeah. There you go, Ed. Is that clear? Oh, yeah, that's pretty yeah. clear. I can yeah. see myself there. <laughs> um, it's got a 1.4 gigahertz processor, so slightly less power than, than the Pixel, but it's octa-core. So it's got eight cores, so twice as many cores, which means it is actually a much faster processor and much more efficient at multitasking than what you get in the Pixel. So a much better processor. Um, 64 gigabytes of internal storage. That's pretty good. Twice as much. And that's more than enough for most people. Um, It's got four gigabytes of RAM or memory, which is the same as the Pixel. And Mm -hmm. again, very good. Um, A 16 megapixel rear camera. So a bigger sensor in the rear camera and an 8 megapixel selfie camera. So the same as the Pixel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unlike the Pixel, it has expandable storage as well. If you ever run out of that, you can always just plug gigs, in an SD card. You put an SD card. And it's also dual SIM, which is really good for people who perhaps have a work phone and a personal phone. You can pop both SIM cards in here and have it all on one phone, which is quite rare uh, in Western countries. Very common in Asia for some reason, mm. but quite rare here. 
Um, it was announced to no fanfare whatsoever two weeks ago. Uh, in fact, the announcement of it uh, was several paragraphs deep in a press release for the spring catalogue of British discount chain Argos. Uh, and no media picked up the press release. Well, no wonder. It was a press release from Argos. Yeah. Announcing their spring catalogue. No so this gonna, was buried No one's going to be looking for a smartphone in that press release. No. No. But that's that's the only place it was announced. So I've been using this for two weeks now. What do you think? It's fantastic. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, because, uh, I mean, I wasn't quite in the market for a new phone. Uh, my last phone was quite good. And I was quite happy with it. But... It was only 16 gigabytes of storage. I was constantly having to delete apps and things like that. I wanted a phone with more storage. Yeah, well, that's that's the issue with buying a 16 gigabyte phone. That's a rookie error right there. Come on. It was over a year ago. Okay, that's true. I was on a budget at the time. But... Okay. And I was looking... Excuse you. I was looking at things like the Google Pixel uh, and the new phones uh, coming out from the likes of Samsung. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're quite expensive. They are. They are. Super expensive. So then I was looking at the phones from the likes of Samsung uh, and HTC in the about 200 pound range. Mm -hmm. And they're not very good. Yeah. Slow processors, not enough RAM, terrible cameras. And they just... They're they're the kind of Android phones that that slow down over time and just get sluggish. So I was actually in Argos on a Saturday. The Saturday that this was released, by the way. And found it. How, so how many weeks ago was that? That was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So I bought it on the first day it came out. No reviews. No reviews. So you're the, you may be the first person in the world to review the Bush. The Bush E4X. And it's fantastic. Um, Style-wise, I mean, you get a cheap phone, you expect it to look pretty terrible. Let's have a look at this. But that is metal all around the edge and a glass front and back. So it's very similar uh, to the iPhone 4 or the um, OnePlus phones, which yep. are also quite good. OnePlus does, has had a lot of good reviews for being yep. good quality for not much money. Yeah, they have. But this is cheaper than the OnePlus and it's got better guts. Um, and it's bush. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not... Conv- I, I, I guess from my point of view, when I buy technology, I'm... I'm very loyal to a brand, you know, for a, yeah. for a, quite a while I was buying uh, Apple iPhones, you know, I had I started with the 3GS, uh, moved up to the 4G, um, was considering getting a new iPhone until um, I got my hands on a Sony Xperia, which I liked at first, but yeah. over time it just started to slow down. Yeah. And even though I could get the latest Android operating system on it and they upgraded it quite quickly, it did slow down over time and it's yeah. not necessarily the greatest phone, as good a phone as it used to be. Yeah. But, you know, I do have that brand loyalty. I am looking for a solid technology brand. And I just don't see Bush being a solid phone brand. I can, I mean, I, I can appreciate that. But I would, I would say that, well, for starters, I don't think brand loyalty, I don't have any brand loyalty when it comes to technology anymore because I've been burned by most brands <laughs> um, because they all make crap at one end or another of their product range. Mm. And all of them have, uh, you know, shortcomings in their service that happens so there's there's no brand loyalty from me but the other thing i would say is especially when it comes to consumer electronics like laptops like phones there's no point in brand loyalty anymore because this will be made in a factory in china where all the other brands are made Mm. um so you've got to look at as far as i'm concerned i look at the specs uh, and I make sure they're really good. And in, in the case of this, it is really good. There's other smaller brands that are doing this sort of thing. Like we mentioned OnePlus, which is a Chinese brand that's mm-hmm. doing this sort yep. of thing. Uh, in Britain, there's Wiley Fox uh, as well doing this sort of thing. And they make some really good phones for not much money. Uh, and Bush, as we've learned today. Mm. Um, but it's 
like I say, there's looking at this right next to the Google Pixel or the latest Samsung Galaxy or even the iPhone, it's hard to deny the value you're getting. Mm. And it comes with a two-year warranty, which you don't even get from some of those brands. True, that is true. Although I'm finding over here, I mean, the difference between the UK and New Zealand is that New Zealand, your standard is a one-year warranty, but over here, they do tend to offer that two-year warranty with most phones. Um, I got my phone repaired and actually ended up replacing it. Mm. And as a result, I have a new two-year warranty on this device, which is, um, you know, more than I would get back home. Right. Well, yeah. So when it comes to... Uh, and it's not just phones, though, as yeah. well. Like, this, is, this laptop's a Chromebook. Yeah. Um, which is a, a new kind of laptop that Google's promoting, um, and it has shortcomings. Has, but if you're just looking for something to go online, do some typing, this is the laptop for most um, basic browsing. So I know there is a saying that uh, buy cheap and buy often. Would you say you'd use that mantra with phones and with technology now more than in the past? Uh, yes. Absolutely. Um, because I think, well, I just think manufacturers are starting to understand that people want good stuff at any price range. Um, and there are a lot of manufacturers, and, and traditionally technology has been the stable of the big manufacturers. Yeah. And now the smaller ones are coming in with good stuff. Question from Martin. Mm-hmm. He's asked, uh, any specific Google branded software that's exclusive to Pixel owners as opposed to right across Android or much of a muchness? There is one thing, and that's the new uh, Google Assistant. Yeah. Um, which is apparently very good. So if you want, like to talk to your phone and ask it things, um, then sure, spend the extra £400 if it's £400 of... But it's an Android phone. I mean, you can get Google... Uh, Google Now. Google Now Which is, on which it anyway. is very good. Um, the, actually, the other thing that this came with, which did surprise me at the £200 price point, was a fingerprint sensor. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later, actually. We are. Yeah. But you don't get those on phones this cheap, usually. No. Though that phone doesn't have NFC, does it? That's the drawback. So there's always, you've got to weigh things up. If you want Android Pay and you want NFC, this is not the phone for you. But the Wiley Fox Swift 2 at £189 does have NFC, smaller screen and a 32 gigabyte hard drive, but still a very good phone with good guts. And a great name. And a great name, yeah. (laughs) So look at the lower end would be my recommendation if you are wanting a smartphone. Don't spend under about £150 because you are going to get plastic crap. Yeah. But that sort of 150 to 300 pound range, that's the sweet spot at the moment for some really good phones that are as good as those flagships, in my opinion anyway. And again, most of them come with two-year warranties. Uh, most of the manufacturers have been around for a few years now, so they do know what they're doing. Mm. Um, and you might you might strike gold. Mm. Well, we'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll be interested to see <laughs> if you've still got that phone in six months and a year's time. Well, my last phone was a cheapie. And how it was a really good cheapie. Uh, 18 months. All right. Um, but, how- but at 18 months, it's not broken. I, I, I've only gotten rid of it because I got this phone. I would have kept it for another year. All right. Well, let's see how this phone's going six months to a, we'll, to a year. We'll keep you we'll updated. Keep in touch. Well, you would have seen it in movies and TV shows back in the day. A secret agent puts their eye up to a scanner and has to say a specific phrase for some sort of voice recognition in order to get into the hello. Hello. In order to get into the vault. It was the stuff of dreams, or at least the thoughts of some scriptwriters back in the 80s and 70s. But last year, we saw more and more consumer electronics like Josh's Bush phone using biometrics. I mean, if you think about the latest phones, including this one, uh, you can log in with your fingerprint when you're travelling anywhere 
everywhere in, internationally. You can just walk through an air, uh, airport e-passport gate and pretty much just get straight into baggage claim and pick up your bags. Um, of course, it's after it compares your spotty-faced passport photo from when you were a teenager uh, to what you look like now, which is, I think, less spotty-faced than ever was. At least I hope. Um, I think I am. I think we're looking... Although you've now got a beard. Does that have an issue Maybe that covers the... <laughs> It dep- I'll be honest, if I use uh, certain brands of beard oil, it does block pores and cause problems. Mm. So, you know. So there could be a l- few spots on there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> even, even in the UK, even your driver's license contains uh, a variety of biometric information yeah. about you. Um, and why many companies and government agencies are seeing biometrics as extremely reliable when it comes to security. It's information that you can't replicate like a password. You know, you can't duplicate someone's eyeball, the look of their face. You can't uh, recreate their fingerprint easily. Uh, you can't match someone's voice exactly, although I've heard there is a piece of software that claims it can, but you've got to have an hour's worth of recording of the person you want right. to replicate, and it's It's going to be hard to get. And it'd have to be an hour clear recording as well. Yeah. Thanks. So let's cut this podcast at half an hour. Yep. Okay. Stop it now. <laughs> Well, that was great in tech. No, just kidding. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, it is incredibly hard, especially when you have to replicate multiple bits of biometric information. So where is this technology moving to? As I said, we're seeing it more in our daily consumer electronics like our phones. Um, but this year, Amazon plans to go even further. They're planning to open, open a supermarket in Seattle, which boasts a new checkout-free shopping experience. Basically, customers will walk into the shop, log into their Amazon Go app, uh, put some items in their basket or bag, and just walk out. No checkouts, no scanning items, no putting in your card PIN number, no having to show your receipt to prove that you actually purchased these items. It's, it almost feels like it's going to be like shoplifting, and I'm really keen to try that. <laughs> not not try shoplifting, just to clarify, <laughs> to try this whole, you know, yeah. contact, I guess you could call it contactless shopping. Well, it, completely contactless. I was going to say, Ed, you can't just walk into Asda and say, oh, I thought you were biometric now. No, that is not a legal defense. Not that we've tried do it. do that. Don't try this at home, kids. Um, Another example, over in Australia, the government there plans to automate 90% of air travel processing by 2020. So what, that's three years away. Um, what they're planning to do is get rid of the old pa- paper passenger cards. You know, the ones where you have to fill in your name and in the individual box and you have to write clearly and it's absolute pain. They're going to be ditching the smart gates that they've got at the moment, which, you know, they're relatively new. They've only been around for what? They were quite expensive. Yeah. I think they've been around about 12 years now, but... They've gone through multiple generations of them, so the tech is constantly updating. Well, they're going to update it even further, so they're going to get rid of them and process international passengers by biometric recognition of their faces, irises, and or fingerprints just walking through. Again, it's like this, you know, checkout-free experience. You walk in, it will look at your face as you're walking and decide, yep, you're all good to go. Yeah. You're you're welcome to Australia. By the way, do you have any apples in your bag? I was going to say, they still need a card for that, surely. Of course. There'll still be, I think you'll have to make some sort of... You walk through immigration and hit the massive queues at quarantine. You'll probably have to make some sort of oral declaration saying, yes, I haven't brought in any uh, produce into this country (laughs) I do not have any spiders in my bag Um, that I know of so effectively it would be just like arriving at a domestic terminal Um, you know in the space of a few years we have actually come a long way in terms of biometric and and, you know even in the last 12 months we've seen it ramped up uh, exponentially um, but knowing how fast this technology space moves, I think we're in for a lot more developments in the coming years. You know, we could see, uh, you know, instead of having to scan an Oyster card or a contactless payment card on the tube here in the UK, you c- they could 
you know, implement something similar where you just walk on. It's almost like Minority Report back yeah. in, what, 2001, 2002? Yeah. Early 2000s, surely. And yeah. it, it seemed like a pipe dream then. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, it's interesting how the space is moving. And I've got, I mean, I've got a few thoughts about the examples you've given. Okay. Um, the Amazon shop, I really like the concept, but it scares the pants off me um, because, you know, the, the the whole concept of queuing up and looking at everything you're buying on the checkout and then handing over your card or your cash helps me to sort of keep everything in check. Mm. But if I just chuck it all in my bag and walk out, <laughs> I'd hate to see what my credit card bill at the end of the month is going to be. I, I guess yeah. when you... I mean, this may be a thing that sort of develops as as they develop this concept, mm. is that, you know, as you're putting stuff in your bag, they will, you know, you could look at it in your, in your app, for example, and yeah. see what you've already picked up yeah. based on what the cameras have seen. Yeah, I, yeah. So, I, yeah, there will be ways about that. I'm sure it's a, it's not a, a major concern plus, for plus most people. Plus, you'll probably... F- I mean... There's always the you can't replicate the feeling of guilt as you pick no. up that chocolate bar no. uh, as you're walking out the door. No. No. The other thing is how quickly is it going to be rolled out to, to places like this? And this applies to the Australian idea as well, because, I mean, you can still walk into some supermarkets in, in any Western country now that have hardly changed in 30 years because these are expensive stores to run and the um, profit margin on supermarkets is, is nothing. Mm. Um, and it takes a lot of computing power and processing power to implement this in a large store. Not only that, it would take a lot of cost as well, especially yeah. if you, you know, this Amazon Go is just one store that yeah. they're doing in Seattle. If costing you, millions. If you roll that out even to just one supermarket chain across the whole UK, yeah. it's going to cost a lot. Yeah. So, you know, I think it will take time before we see this, uh, you know, as you're walking down the road, as you walk past yeah. your Sainsbury's local, that they've implemented that. Um yeah, well, well think about Sainsbury's local, though. They've, Sainsbury's in general are only just now putting in contactless terminals because it costs them so much, and that's just card terminals. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I think my local Sainsbury's local uh, has it, but the one uh, in the suburb next door doesn't have it, for example. It's, it's yeah. even that sporadic. Yeah. Uh, but again, it comes back to cost, and it yeah. comes back to time. You know, I, I think... There's probably a benefit for some supermarkets in the fact that it's some sort of, they can see it as a theft prevention. Yeah. But, you know, you do need to have the app. What's to stop someone walking in without the app and just walking yeah. out with a bag of super, um, uh, groceries? You know, there's still security implications A couple of well. magnetic sensors and a burly security guard are much cheaper than fitting out your store with all this computing power. Mm. So whether it will take, I don't know if it will take. It would be nice yeah. to for you know if maybe it's at the odd Tesco extra, for example, just for a bit of fun, just for a bit of fun, a bit of a novelty. Yeah, whether it will take off, you know, it won't be in the next few years over here in the UK. But I think I don't know, looking fifty years ahead of time, yeah, we might possibly. see it. Become, we might see it as a mainstream thing. Who who knows? I mean, you know, the idea about a finger, an eye scanner, and a fingerprint sensor and voice recognition back in the seventies and eighties for those TV shows, yeah. probably wasn't seen as a as a thing that. That's going to be, that was going to be commonplace, but now here I we are, 2017. Now I my fingerprint on are. my phone, and it goes, yeah, that's Josh. Yeah. Hello. No one ever thought, hello. Within milliseconds. No one ever thought that, you know, you could get a computer in the palm of your hand by 2017. Yeah. People th- would have thought that was still ages away, but here we are. We've got very powerful smartphones in our hands. So it's, it's interesting to see where it's going. Yeah, exactly. It's time for the Techno Dinosaur. Yes, it's that time when we ask our good friend Michelle, who's a bit of a techno dinosaur, which tech issue has been bugging her this week. Yes, it's possibly my favourite part of the show. It's always a good I really part. love it. We've also got a few questions from listeners uh, for this week. We'll that get to those at the end of the show. Coming through and through. So we can tack them on to the end of Techno Dinosaur, I think. Let's do that. All, all, all little things. Anyway, last week, uh, Michelle gave us a bit of an overview of the cloud. 
No, she didn't give us an overview. Hold on. We, we gave, gave her, an, her overview an overview. Because she doesn't know anything about the cloud. Well, we hope she does now. But it seems that we've uh, sort of left... Uh, there's a few questions remaining about the cloud, specifically iCloud, which is, of course, Apple's product. Yeah. So here's her question for this week. So when I take pictures on my phone, they automatically get saved on the iCloud. And when I delete them on my phone, they get deleted from the iCloud as well. Why does this happen and how can I change it so only the pictures I want uploaded to the iCloud actually get uploaded? Well, I'm going to be honest here. We Neither <laughs> of us have Apple products. so No, but I, I might... Your your better half has an iPhone, doesn't yep, she? Yep, she yeah. does. And I you know, had an iPhone, I think, three years, two, three years ago yeah. now. I al- you also had an iPhone for, for a couple of years for work. With, but, um, that was a while ago. Now, from memory, and, and I, I could be wrong here, from memory, iCloud has a limited, I think it stores 2,000 photos, unless that's changed in the last year all? or so. Yeah, 2,000 photos <sighs> for, on the free plan. Of course, yeah. you can always pay for storage Naturally. and you can back up everything. Um, and if you've got iCloud set up on your computer, it will actually save them to your computer and will store as many as, as, many as it can. So, yeah. you know, once you've... 2,000, you know, if you've got 3,000 photos, the, the latest 2,000 will be on the cloud yeah. and all 3,000 will be on your computer. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it's, it's probably a case of just changing a setting on your phone. Um, you know, you do need to make sure that it's not, that it is backing up, not syncing. Yeah. Um, so do check your phone settings. Um, but it does pose that question about, you know, syncing things to the cloud and making sure that you do actually check what's going up and yeah. how it's set up, whether it is set up to sync or back up. Yeah. So what I've got on my phone, for example, uh, with Google Photos, which yep. syncs to Google Drive, which is Google's cloud service, is it backs up all of my photos that I take on that phone automatically and then removes them from the local storage, which keeps storage space free. Mm. Um, but and, and again, that's all in your settings. And the thing about settings on smartphones is don't be scared to play with them because it's very hard to ruin a smartphone. Unlike, say, a Windows <laughs> computer in the 90s, where just clicking the wrong thing could corrupt everything. Yeah. Uh, with a smartphone, you're, you're all right. Do check it out. You, so you've got it set up to delete the photos. I've got mine yeah. set up so it backs Back up, up and delete. So I've it got. backs up everything right. at a lower quality, right. but it keeps it on my phone. So, you know, every six months or so, I'll actually completely take everything off my phone, back it up to my photo hard drive. Yeah. Um, That's good. Three three place backup. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, you know, if I was searching for a specific photo while on the move, I can just go to the Google's photo, Google Photos app, look at the photos from a particular date or do a search because Google Photos. Have you, have you tried searching a Google Photos? Yes. Search the word chocolate it's, and it comes up with all the photos you've had that, yeah. that recognize chocolate and it's pretty cool. Um, Is that biometric technically? Uh, kind of. It's more chocometric. Chocometric. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, but, you know, there are there is that function that you you can play around with it and decide how you want to back up your photos so michelle i'd suggest actually just checking uh checking your icloud settings find out whether you've got it to sync or back up but also you know you do i'm guessing there are photos that you do want to keep so do install icloud on your computer yeah uh that way any cloud any photos you do back up to the icloud will also back up to your computer can you install icloud on non-apple computers yes you can can you yeah there's icloud control panel uh, which then saves it to a uh today i learned yeah, yeah. Folder on your pictures. And it also uh, saves all the photos that people share with you through iCloud. So oh, brilliant. my family, most of them are on iPhones. They share the photos. I can't get them on my phone, <laughs> but they're on my computer. So I can yeah. see photos of my new niece there. Oh, that's, that's, that's nice. Yeah, it's very nice. 
and feedback Time and for questions. Some feedback. Uh, thank you for your questions that are coming in f- through the Facebook page. Don't forget you can get in touch with us uh, on Twitter at yes. Intech Today Pod or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Intech Today Podcast. Where, we, uh, where you can see us record the podcast live every week. Every Thursday afternoon. Don't GMT. fancy listening to it later. Plus, you can watch our uh, little exclusive pre chat that we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's special. That for, is for the Insiders Club. Uh, now, the first question is uh, Ollie listener and friend of the show hi ollie uh he wants to know how much his zte device blade was again and was it in the plastic crap category so a bit of a backstory here a few months ago ollie had an old samsung yep. uh, that was dying uh, and he wanted recommendations for a new one so i recommended a zte blade v6 i think it was mm-hmm. which was the new version of the phone i had at the time uh, no, Ollie, it's not plastic crap. Uh, it was 150, I think, which is sort of that minimum that I said before, if you remember. Yep. Um, but it's, uh, again, look, you know, I, I talked to him about what he wanted to do with the phone um, and we discussed it. We looked at the specs of this and this was good for, for your Facebooking, for your um, emailing, for your texting, uh, for taking photos. Um, apparently, though, he's had a few issues with, with the stability of the phone. Um, and when that sort of thing happens and you're just doing basic stuff, be firm with the retailer. Take it back and say, this phone is not performing as as advertised. Mm. Get a refund. Find a new phone. Don't accept that sort of thing because that's what the retailers want you to do. But you, you, you've got, you know, if it was sold to be able to perform at a, a certain level, take it back. Take it back. You know, they can refund you. They can, you know, they may even send it away for repair if it's a faulty device. Yeah. You know. Get, get a phone that works, and if it doesn't work, take it back. Yeah. Uh, we've got another question from Ollie here, and I think this one might specifically be for you, Josh. <laughs> you sure. What is the podcast's recommended beard oil? Well, again, it all comes down to price. Okay. Uh, if it's, it's a very similar theme here yeah. we've got going on, Josh. If you're looking uh, for a good beard oil at a reasonable price that's not tested on animals, so it's nice and ethical, mm-hmm. believe it or not, Superdrug. Uh, which is a big uh, pharmacy chain here in the UK, yep. does a super drug own brand beard oil. So once again, unscented. you've gone for the one that you can buy three of one. instead of one of an expensive No, No, I use one from My Beard Company. Your not be- mine. Not your beard company. It's called My Beard okay. Company. All right. um, I get it in bulk when it's on special. So that would be my recommendation if cost is not an issue. Finally, a question from... Uh, from Ian Lee. Oh, hi, Ian. How's it going? Uh, you may You may know Ian. You may have heard uh, of Ian. Who is Ian? I don't know. I don't know who he is. Anyway, what, what's the question, John? Uh, he wants to know how he can get a decent tech op on his radio show. For those of you who don't know, Ed is the tech op on Ian Lee's radio show on Talk Radio. Maybe I should just not turn up to work tonight and see how that goes. But actually, no, then they might get a decent tech op for that yeah, show that's and I'll the be out of a job. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll be at work soon, Ian. Don't worry, I'll be there soon. <laughs> um, that's, all, that's all the feedback we've got. You know, do, uh, do keep in touch with us and, yeah, uh, and do yeah, keep, uh, you know, keep your feedback coming in through Facebook and Twitter as well. And that's all the time we have for today's episode. So thanks for joining us and all that jazz. <laughs> and all that jazz. Hello. What's the Frank, Skinner, uh, Frank uh, equivalent? Goodbye. I don't think he says goodbye. No, he don't. Well, he maybe should. Yeah. Maybe that would make his ads even better. I don't think I've ever listened to his ads right through. Oh. Just, just the beginning, just yeah. the first word. Hello. Hello. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, we will be back again next Thursday, uh, Thursday night if you are downloading the podcast, or Thursday afternoon if you are watching us on the live Facebook stream. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you with us. And we'll As see, always. And we'll see you next week. Next Thursday.
Technology questions? Comments? You can contact the show on Facebook, In Tech Today Podcast, on Twitter, In Tech Today Pod, or at the website, intech.today.